0: friends. Welcome back to the Woven in Truth podcast. We're so happy you're hanging out with us today. My name is Mallory Melcher Post. I'm hosting this episode and um, I'm going to go ahead and open up with a quote here. It says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. This, is, this quote hits even harder when I tell you that it was written by Viktor Frankl. And the context is based on his observations and experiences in Nazi concentration camps during the Holocaust. So how powerful is that? <laughs> and how do we create that space he was talking about? That, you know, where growth and freedom lies. So kind of like a little context for me personally is that as a grown woman, I even catch myself making a lot of decisions and expectations, you know, based on expectations or emotions rather than my values. And it just makes me feel really fractured a lot of the time. So I know there's a better way to exist than just reacting all the time to external things. And I know that God invites us all into that space, that life of wholeness, that consistent peace in him. And what a gift that God does give us direction and insight when we call out for it. And so today we are in for a treat. The amazing Dr. Jennifer Kansen is here to unpack some of these amazing concepts with us. So thank you so much for Jen- Jennifer for helping me out and uh, feel free to say hello to all the listeners.
1: Well, I feel excited to be here with you and um, gosh, I think the things that you're wanting to talk about are so important. So I'm, I hope it's helpful what we do today. Oh my goodness. Anything... Early
0: anything you do you are just such a gift in general Mm -hmm. (laughs) and kind of a rock star if i had to describe people listening if you aren't familiar with jennifer Cunzen, she the words i would use to describe you is compassionate brilliance i so admire your work and your faith honestly
1: nice words
0: oh well i really mean it i thought about this earlier (laughs) the the (laughs) woven community is very grateful for your time and insights today as we kind of unpack reactivity and these big concepts here. So maybe we could start with some working definitions um, for kind of the rest of our conversation. Initially, I was thinking like reactivity. But if there's different concepts you'd rather kind of unpack up front, please go ahead. You know, I just was hoping we could have something to kind of working Mm -hmm. definitions for the, the rest of the conversation.
1: Well, and it's a word that people often use. They'll they'll share with me. I just feel like I'm so reactive. I feel like I I feel a bit out of control. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. And I feel really strongly about something and it mm-hmm. just kind of takes over Or, or even if they don't express it like externally, they feel it internally.
0: Mm-hmm. Then
1: the other side is I'll be working with a family or with couples and the partner will say... She's so reactive. And so people will use it kind of negatively to, True. to say, say it about someone else. Um, and I think, um, so it can kind of be a negative term when it doesn't necessarily have to be. Mm-hmm. But I think what a lot of times what people are looking for is they want to be able to genuinely express how they think and what they feel from a place that doesn't maybe feel as out of control yes. or wrong right in a sense. Right.
0: No, that's so helpful and also very validating because I think if you're just trying to hit that with self-discipline or self-control, like it, it can feel kind of like you're quenching some of oh, what God is trying to actually help you connect with.
1: Very much so. You know, we try to squish our emotions to be this perfectly peaceful calm person when actually i don't think god does that i mean when you look at the psalms Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you look at some of the stuff that david says you're like is that supposed to be in the bible right he's i mean if you really want to look at reactive just read david some and you go huh and so I just think we have a God that is way more patient and way more compassionate than sometimes right. we remember.
0: Right. That's so true. And he, I mean, how nothing's off limits and he wants us and our hearts at that level. What are some of the scriptures that you like love and, and hang on to when you're thinking about these concepts?
1: Well, it just helps my heart to know <laughs> that God cares
0: mm-hmm.
1: about not only what i feel and i'm going through and thinking but that he's that compassionate and empathetic about what other people are feeling and thinking um mm-hmm. you and i were talking earlier about some of my favorites um in second corinthians 1 this is probably my ultimate favorite okay it names who god is the father of compassion mm-hmm. and the god of all comfort so when we do have distressed feelings and emotions it helps to remember how God doesn't go, how dare you respond like that? You need to stop.
0: Right.
1: He's He's the God who goes, come here, come here, come here. Yeah. Let me, come, tell me what you're thinking, what you're feeling.
0: Mm-hmm. In
1: Isaiah, it says, in all their distress, he too was distressed. So when, I mean, when we're reactive, I think you could probably put that under a definition of feeling distressed. Right. And that God, he sits beside us in our distress. He doesn't wag the finger at us yes. when we're distressed um he he hears it he cares about it it's it's beautiful when you see it jesus has got there's a funeral going by wow and he said it says his heart went out to her mm-hmm. so that's what god is like that's what jesus is like there's not this like how dare you be so emotional right we we privilege calm people yep. who speak with rational, rational words um but i don't think number one i don't actually think god's like that and i don't think he calls us to be like that i do think he calls us to not be to not sin in our anger right you know right. to not sin in our emotional place so he He calls us not to sin in it but he doesn't shame our emotional responses he's actually really compassionate and empathetic about our emotional totally. response
0: it's so true and i think maybe opening ourselves up like I think these concepts of even being grounded of being like I think I had some little bit maybe a little bit of an expectation in my mind of what that would look like but I Mm -hmm. think God might have so much so much more depth offered to me like of actually being filled with all these experiences but still being rooted and grounded in him as I navigate them like it doesn't have to be one or the other no I
1: like Mallory you have little ones yeah 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 how old? I have one four-year-old. Okay. Okay, four-year-olds. They're just, they just got so much to say, and they have so many feelings, and they come distressed, and ah! And when a kid that you love comes to you in all their distress, mm-hmm. you don't say, you know what, you need to calm down and go into the other room until you do. You don't mm-hmm. say, you know, we just don't, at least we shouldn't. Right, <laughs> I mean, right. There are some people that do, but- <laughs> You know really when a child is stressed and anxious and sad right. we say come here i know come sit come here sit on my lap tell me what's up and so um the space that your quote talked about we need that space yeah that when we're in distress we need that lap to sit on in all honesty as adults true To have somebody compassionate god or someone we care about and or um that we can share and they don't dismiss Mm
0: -hmm. they don't
1: try to rationalize and and over spiritualize we use so one of the things that we really taught wrongly the scripture um take every thought captive yeah so if you have a distressed feeling or a distressed reaction or you're really reactive we say You know sister you need to take every thought captive and you know take it to do his bidding okay so that passage where paul is 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 talking that passage is talking about false teachers if you read it in context it's a Mm. whole section on the fact that people were challenging paul's teaching and there were a bunch of false teachers and he's teaching them that You need to take every false teaching captive and bring it to the scriptures, compare it to the scriptures. He's not saying that your emotions and your thoughts, you need to put them in a jail cell and keep them captive. That's actually, that passage doesn't have anything to do with your emotions and your thoughts. Mm. That's not what it's talking about. So it drove me (laughs) to just go study in the scriptures. What does the Bible say to do with our distressed thinking? Right in our distressed thoughts. So I spent about six months studying all, there's about 140 different scriptures that say, do not fear and do not be anxious. So I looked them all up and I wanted to see what does he say after that or before that? Yeah. What are we supposed to do with right. our fear and our anxiousness? The thing he doesn't say is take it captive, put it in a jail cell, control it. wrestling down yeah 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 Yeah. so it's a book which would be much longer than this podcast (laughs) that i am writing right now (gasps) on god's plan for what to do with our emotions but i can promise you this the biggest thing we need to remember when we're trying to deal with that reactivity and find that space between something happening and how we respond yeah is that we need to take a big, huge breath. I love the fact that the spirit is the breath of God. Yeah, We need to take a big, huge breath and let ourselves sit in God's lap and feel his compassion about what we're feeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's really from that space. Yep. But you have to give yourself room to get there. When you're really reactive and your heart rate is up yep. and your body is tense, there is no way you're going to get to That lovely scripture that really helps you. You have to do a certain level of soothing yourself physiologically, right? So that you can then turn towards your values and make a decision based on the person you want to be and the the things you believe in.
0: So there's like a definite pause there. Mm -hmm. And I think, because you're totally right, I think sometimes I start the day, great quiet time, great intentions. And then, then something comes into my face, triggers, right? Yeah. Whether that be a person, an email, a uh, open letter, I'm reading, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden. Article you read. Yeah. I'm all heightened. Your heart
1: rate's up.
0: Yes. you tense. And heightened. I'm, yeah. and that's where I feel like that inundation
1: of fear. But can I do something with you right yes, now? Yes, please. Okay. So you're just, you're right there. You're, you can actually feel it. Can't you? Yes. I just describe it. Isn't yes. it funny just talking about it? Yes. Now do this with me, everybody listening, take a breath in your nose, and out your mouth. And in your nose, and out your mouth. Adrenaline floods the body when we're activated in about 0.05 seconds. It actually takes about 20 minutes for adrenaline to calm back down. So we actually need the space and God is kind enough to give us the space. I call it like taking a timeout, mm-hmm. which sounds punitive, like go take a time out. But what I mean is like to give us ourselves some room to sit with whatever that emotion is we're feeling and let it talk for a minute. Like wow. you would the small child coming in and having them sit on your lap. There's something getting triggered And it might have something important to say to you. It's wanting your attention Mm -hmm. and it might look like anger, but underneath anger is sadness or fear. And you, we do have to kind of pause. So breathing is one of the first things I teach my clients is honestly, it's so silly, but it's really important Mm -hmm. to take those low breaths because actually when your heart rates up and adrenaline's flooding through, um, your heart's pumping faster so you actually do need more oxygen wow. <laughs> so taking the time to breathe some people need to remove themselves from a situation right because if like somebody's standing
0: there and wanting a response uh-huh. yeah
1: yeah and you're <laughs> and you're tense so take that breath sometimes you can't leave i was just working with somebody the other day she said she gets really reactive and um she's got three young children and what do you do when you still have to <laughs> mommy mommy, mommy. And you're trying to not be reactive, but good luck with that. Yeah. So what I said was, while you make their sandwich, breathe in your nose and out mm-hmm. your mouth, while you help them on the potty, mm-hmm. breathe in. Well, maybe you won't want to breathe in maybe. your mouth, nose because it <laughs> might smell, but to, 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 whatever you need to do for them, right. Tell yourself to breathe. Right. And then think in your mind, when can I take totally. a time out, um, you know, it might be later that day, it, but you need some time to right. go walk. Walking really helps. Yeah. Praying, calling a friend. I always joke about that. What was the TV show? You know, call a friend. Phone
0: a friend. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, yeah. That y- how to take a bath, maybe take a nap, maybe that that reactivity probably has something to share with you. So self soothing, breathing, taking mm-hmm. a walk is really important. So that then you can go, what is it that came up for me? Why did that trigger me? What was it bringing up? Because those emotions are there for a reason. You're not just making it up out of the blue. It might be something that happened to you when you were five. Right. Or something that happened last week. Right. Or there's a reason it's there. And giving it some room is just important.
0: That's so true. And I think... Even if it is interpersonal stuff, which is kind of my next question. Yeah. Like, even interpersonally, though, I would totally respect that. If I was in a conversation with somebody and they said, hey, I need some time to process this. I'm feeling a little reactive right now or whatever. Like, I think – well, I say I would totally, hopefully I would, <laughs> ideal Mallory would, but I think also feeling like we, we don't have to hand that control over to other people, even if they're wanting a response right then and there from us. I think we, we still can take it. our time, we mm-hmm. can take our time and and process that and honor those feelings in a way that still
1: honors God. I do think it's a, in an interpersonal relationship, especially like in a marital relationship or with close friends that it helps. If they get a heads up, like, hey, there might be times where I can notice I'm reactive and I'll need some kind of space to work through stuff so that I don't end up sinning in my anger or lashing out or saying something I regret. So when that happens, I'm just going to give you a heads up now. I'm going to ask you for a timeout. And so I just need to honor that because I do think it's important that when we say, hey, I need some space put a time on it, say, can we talk about this in a half an hour? Yeah, Because when the person who's in the midst of the conflict with you, sometimes they want out of that conflict as fast as possible. But other times, a person asking for that space or time, it might make them feel anxious and they might pursue you and not let you take the time out. Right. So it sometimes helps to explain it ahead of time that I might need this, that if you can, Um, Or in the moment, say, I reassure them with, I do want to talk about this. Yeah. Like what you just said, Mallory, is important. I can feel myself being reactive. I do want to talk about this, which is very reassuring to the person who's... Right.
0: Like I care. I want
1: to engage. Yeah. Or it might be the other way around where you have something you're trying to convey to somebody and you can say, hey, I want to be able to share this with you in a way that um, is best. And I can feel myself getting a little... Heightened. So let me take some time. Can we come back and try this again? Can I yeah. come back and try this again? Yeah. And then put a time. Can we do this after dinner? Can we do this in 30 minutes? Can we right. do it an hour? Give yourself the time to work through, to honor the feelings you're having, not to control them and shove them in a yes. jail cell, but to honor them, to say it's understandable why you're here and to breathe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you can come back. And it's not saying you have to be all reasonable and well-spoken and calm, it just means that now you can speak just as passionately and just right. as genuinely and with genuine emotion and genuine conviction and strength of opinionated words. You can still be all those things, but now you can speak it in a way that does match with who you want to be.
0: True. And that honors those values. Like, cause I think yeah. if I, if I just ride the wave in those moments, I say a lot that I actually didn't really want to communicate or like maybe like it doesn't get heard yeah and then it's like then everything then you do have those feelings of dismissal or whatever you know because it's like i think i mean i don't know what to make of all that but i do think this is we are inundated right with opinion information content so much influence so many things and voices want to influence us in this life at least in western society for for those of us that are online or connected and things like that and In the cultural sphere of influence, I'm observing kind of a lot of quick and sometimes volatile reactions. I was even thinking when you're talking like that pause, like maybe before we post or maybe before we comment or you know what I mean? (laughs) Like I was like, that's probably would be really helpful. This digital age. This digital age. But this connectivity, too, there's there are some volatile reactions that we observe versus like thoughtful responses, I think. And what are your thoughts on this? And are there alternatives? You know, obviously we're talking a little bit about Christian sphere and community, ver- yeah. you know, and then social sphere and community. Like, just wanted yeah. to see what your thoughts were on that.
1: Well, and, and and let me just answer one little piece you brought in. You, t- you used the word cultural. And I do think we need to be aware that we can shame people for being, uh, expressive and True. passionate True. and loud and opinionated. And we call, I mean, okay, we're talking to women here. So we call women bossy and pushy if they're, and we call men great leaders. So we do have this <sighs> kind of gender difference. Oh yes. That is problematic. We can, you know, we call it, uh, there. there's cultural and racial overtones to, um, to the, uh, to, and gendered overtones like the naggy wife the angry black woman like we shame people for being passionate and expressive Ugh,
0: I know it's awful.
1: and it's it's honestly wrong now do we each need to make sure that we're speaking the truth in love and that we're not sinning in our anger mm-hmm. yes but I do think we privilege the calm rational response and so we don't we get re we get reactive as a culture especially honestly uh us us white folks yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can get very reactive to people from other cultures that maybe don't privilege this calm rational response true. and 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 we think that the calm rational response is the better one so I just think we have to be careful well number one I think we need to be aware
0: yeah
1: of how we respond to what we we label oh she's just reactive mm-hmm. or she's just whatever fill in the blank when actually someone might have some convictions that they are trying to passionately share and we need to honor that. So, totally. so first of all, I do think we have to really watch what we call somebody being reactive. Um, I do think there are helpful, healthy alternatives. And I think it starts first of all, with us validating our own feelings, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, um, Actually, in uh, when you and I talked about putting this podcast together, you had said, I know that we need to validate these things, but how do we have some healthy alternatives? And <laughs> I kind of laughed. I actually highlighted your sentence, validating these things, but, and I, because actually I don't think we do validate, which is what we've actually been spending today on is yep. that first of all, we have to give validity to the thing that someone is thinking and feeling and passionate about. right? And maybe they're reactive because they're hurt. Maybe they're reactive because a wrong was done. Maybe they're reactive because there's a passionate truth they're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. So um, I just think we do need to, uh, when we have anger, sadness, worry, whatever, when they come up, slow it down and actually really spend some time validating those things. Mm. Um, you know don't squish them control them pound them with scriptures yep because expressing emotion is actually really healthy and Mm -hmm. acceptance of emotion accepting that it has validity to it is really important i would say um at the point of acceptance when we've done it well where we're not trying to exile those parts of ourselves that seem wrong right. you know right that when we're in a place where we're breathing and um we've said well that's understandable that that's here the work that i walk people through is how to do what i call a values clarification so you can actually look it up on the internet just type in values clarification it's a it's an approach from the acceptance commitment therapy um, um, realm of research. And you can just look it up and I do it with my mm. clients. I do a values clarification on what are their values in all areas of their life overall, like who do they wanna be as a person? Who do they wanna be known for? Yeah. When they have an 80th birthday party and everybody shares about them, what are they hoping people will say, right? Yeah. Who do you wanna be as a person? And then let's walk through every different area of your life and what are your values about, for women, what are your values about being a wife, a mom, a sister, a daughter, a friend, an employee, career person? Mm -hmm. What are your values around money, spirituality, health, the body? What are your values? So that then when you're in that reactive space and you go do your breathing and your walking, and you get to that point of acceptance and saying, "Well, that's understandable I'm feeling that way." And those are good feelings and da-da-da-da-da. and you can then turn towards your values. Yep. And make a choice on now what to do in responding to that post. Right. What to do as far as disciplining that child, how to talk to your husband, to your best friend. Now you can make an so in acceptance, commitment therapy, it's the C okay. the acceptance, commitment. It means committed action, wow. action based on your values. That's where I usually try to help people get to is right. a valued right. decisions. But let me tell you, you can't get there if, well, it's really hard to get there. If you haven't done the first part where you haven't identified is the it and so you're identifying and accepting and honoring and and saying that's understandable and being compassionate so i call it self-compassion being compassionate the way god is towards you like those scriptures you first asked about he is the father of compassion and the god of all comfort so if he's that way towards us shouldn't we also be that way towards ourselves so that's the acceptance part when that's solid then the turning towards values can work
0: that is like so powerful and honestly so life-giving like I'm like what a refreshing perspective like to to have in these moments but also like kind of empowering like we can take I can take that control and and obviously under the lordship of Jesus like navigate that in a different way that honors all of that but also doesn't feel like I don't know, like just at the mercy of whatever's happening around me. Because I don't like that feeling, that out of control feeling. I also like probably one of my least favorite feelings is feeling dismissed or feeling misunderstood. And I think sometimes I, out of fear of feeling those things, I will make decisions in how I'm going to control myself because I'm worried I will feel like that. Does that make sense?
1: So what if that that part of yourself that feels dismissed what if you were to say to it, hey, come here Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you were to give it a hug and you were to say, do you want to talk to me for a minute about that? Right. Like, yeah, like if you were to, when that distressed feeling comes in, you wave at it, you say hi, you give it a hug, you sit with it, let it talk. Like, what if you were to let it have some voice and then maybe together with it, make a decision about how you want to respond and how you want to tell somebody, maybe, Hey, I wanted to just share with you that when you said this, this is how it made me feel. So then you're not blaming them. You're not attacking them for being dismissive or saying something that felt dismissive. Mm -hmm. Maybe they Mm -hmm. didn't intend it that way, but that's not the point. Yep, It's, this is something I felt when that happened. So there is a way to convey to someone, how they make you feel without attacking right. them or blaming like, yeah. them.
0: I love that. Like, hey, come here. Let's sit with this. Let's think about it instead with yourself of like first. Yeah, instead of like toughen up, Mallory. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not yeah. going to respect you if you feel like. I think I I let these narratives
1: play mm-hmm. out
0: instead of just letting myself. Because and what also I was thinking about when you are describing that, like creating if if this is how we kind of posture ourselves in our relationships, even with ourselves. Yes how that's going to change interpersonally like i think then i'll be able eventually to observe others and their feelings and and experiences with the same amount of, of compassion right yes
1: so actually in the research on empathy we know that somebody has a greater opportunity for experiencing and expressing and feeling empathy for someone else when they first of all recognize their own emotions Wow. And are empathetic towards themselves with their own emotions, and they are able to recognize them and validate them, then they're mm-hmm. all the more able to mm-hmm. be empathetic to others.
0: That's so true. Well, and it makes sense that we're kind of wired like this by God. Yeah. Like, that's we so cool are. to think about. You mentioned something I wanted to maybe see if we could expand on a little bit. Kind of the blame game that happens yeah. in but I, I don't know if I shouldn't be using this term, but like when I'm in like what I would define as like a reactive cycle or space, I can Mm -hmm. kind of start playing the blame game a lot. Um, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that and any suggestions.
1: So it is, it's a big piece of the work that I do in doing couples therapy. It's really hard to share how you feel without blaming the other person right <laughs> it's actually really hard to genuinely share your thoughts because you really want the other person to see how what they did is exactly. wrong or about how the way they think is off and we're we get pretty strongly tied into making someone see something that we that they did that was wrong or that they, the way they think that is wrong. And that's where blame is. It is so hard to share genuinely how we feel without blaming someone. So that is actually where the timeout and the breathing is vital. Yeah. And what would it be like that instead of pointing the finger? So it's Isaiah 58 says, get rid of the pointing finger. There is a scripture that talks about the pointing finger. Are you serious? Let's put that Uh on a mug. (laughs) Isaiah 58, get rid of the pointing finger. And it says, instead, spend yourself on behalf of the hungry. Wow. Um, I think about like in when we're in relationships with other people, we desperately want to be understood, but you know what? So does the other person. It's true. They're desperately wanting to be understood. So how about we, we use all that energy to get them to understand us. You will see how you did what was wrong. And then you will understand where I'm coming from. How about we use all that energy and you're going to need a timeout and some space and some breathing to get there. Mm -hmm. But how about we shift all that energy and spend that energy instead on meeting the needs of that hungry person in front of us mm-hmm. understanding them and then what's really funny is what's said right after that so this is Isaiah 58 where it says then he will meet all your needs mm-hmm. and he will shine a light on your path wow and you will be like a well watered garden with a spring whose waters never fail so it's this weird thing that the scriptures bring up all the time that yeah. if we get rid of the pointing finger, if we do what God wants us to do, he gives us, if we meet the needs of the hungry person in front of us, he then meets all of our needs. Yep. Um, so I do think a part of that is honestly rooted in understanding the character and heart of God, that he is standing there going, I'm going to take care of you. Oh, yeah. I love you. I got you. I'm going to care for you. Mm. That when we are secure in who God is, then we don't feel this, I've got to make you see and that pointing finger. Yeah. Thing. yeah. And instead we can give from that place and meet the needs of the other. And then our need to be understood, God meets that as well.
0: Totally. that And I love that you talked about digging even deeper into that. Cause I think sometimes I've grown up in Christian circles. I've read a lot of content on like communication and like the scriptures on it and so sometimes i'm like you said it's very hard to communicate how i feel without blaming but some of that is because what i feel inside is a lot of blaming so obviously i maybe can control how that comes out but if that's still internal like and i don't deal with that you know and bring it before the presence of god of course it's going to keep coming out because that's kind of how i think like if i'm Mm -hmm. living in that space Mm -hmm. and out of that narrative Mm -hmm. Of course, it's going to come out in my communication or in my, you know, like if I'm not, if I'm not taking the time to identify my values and I do feel kind of like I'm at the
1: mercy of all this other stuff, I'm kind of giving away some of that, right? My guess would be when we are in that space of wanting desperately to get through to somebody and help them and make them see what they're doing that's wrong, there's usually inside of that something that really does need to be communicated. I true. love Ephesians 4:15. Speak the truth in love. You you might have something that re- in fact you probably do have something that really needs to be heard yeah. by the other person for their own benefit. Yeah. And so how do you communicate it in such a way that you can perhaps say it that they can hear it. You know, right. not that that's your responsibility. People it's their responsibility, whether they have a humble learner's heart, True, but, um, how we communicate it can actually, you know, make a big difference in, mm-hmm. in its hearability. That's <laughs> that so helpful
0: though. Like it's hearability. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Recep- uh, receptive. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. I think, oh, that's so helpful. Thank you so much. That was really helpful. I wanted to hit on another thing too. We, we mentioned it earlier, but, um, I don't think we, I think there's gendered stigmas around anger yeah. in, you know, specifically. Yeah. And I wanted to see if we could talk about that. Like, yeah. what do we do with our anger? You know, I'm sure it goes back to a lot of what you're talking about the pause, the breathing, the sitting with, but I didn't know if you had any else to kind of expand on that more.
1: Well, I, first of all, there, honestly, for, sometimes from people's backgrounds, um, if, especially if they had angry, parents grandparents caregivers um sometimes we can be like i don't ever want to be like that right or we just have beliefs around that anger is bad exactly anger is sinful and but it doesn't say that scripturally it says do not sin in your anger it doesn't say scripturally that anger is bad at all right um, so I think the first thing we have to do is we have to recognize the messages that we have for, either from our upbringing or from our spiritual, um, surroundings or h- however it's from yeah. that anger is a bad emotion. Um, I mean, clearly like in James, it says man's anger doesn't bring about the righteous life that God desires. So there's this possibility that especially our ah! sinful worldly anger can, um, create bad stuff you know it doesn't bring about the righteous life that god desires so i think that's a valid concern so i think we can honor what the bible says we have to honor what the bible says about anger but i do think anger is this beautiful i call it the red flag well and there's a lot of words that we often people are so reactive to being angry that they don't call it anger they say i'm annoyed I'm irritated, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed, I'm confused. That's that's the really funny one. I'm confused, I'm irritated. But actually all of those words are just the, the cousins and little brothers of anger. And how about we just call it what it is. I'm feeling angry. Okay, go ahead and say you're frustrated, whatever, however you want to call it. Underneath anger is often all kinds of really helpful things that need to be worked through talked about shared like uh, this is again the father of all compassion the god of comfort he he is interested in all that stuff that's underneath anger so anger honestly is the it's what you call a defensive emotion it's a safe emotion it it is um it's protective but underneath that emotion is hurt someone feels small they feel demeaned, they feel unimportant, all these other emotions. So I call anger this lovely red flag. It's, it's waving and saying, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, there's something I'm feeling here that needs to get spoken or worked through or brought before God or shared. So anger is actually a super helpful emotion. So I would say, again, we have to just have the time to slow down and figure out what it's trying to share instead of, I'm not supposed to be angry. And so you have to take some time to go breathe.
0: Yep. (laughs) Yep. And go, wow, there's something that's, I'm really feeling something right now. And I want to, yeah.
1: Wow, I got flooded.
0: Yeah. Like I was, I'm flooded right now. And this is really hard. And I want to go sit with this and tend to it and bring it before God. I love that. That's so great and helpful and you're right i mean there's so many scripts we have that we bring into all this stuff that totally affect Mm -hmm. you know our family of origin all these things affect who we are but at this point it's like we can we can identify that but then figure Mm -hmm. out who we want to be at this point and how we want to handle it um
1: because it does help to let the um let that adrenaline that floods the body that when you get flooded adrenaline's high so it does help to Sometimes for people so that they don't end up sinning in their anger, they might need to journal. They might need to, um, do something expressive emotionally. Some people work out or exercise or walk. I, I tell people just drink a cool glass of water. Like it's amazing how sometimes simple physiological behaviors. And again, I can't emphasize enough breathing, like deep belly breathing. Um, can give you the space to honor that anger and to figure out what's underneath it.
0: Yeah. No, that's huge. Yeah, I heard another one. Um I've seen people when they're working through like they'll take they'll stick their head in like ice water. And somebody told me if you're <laughs> if you're in like a setting where that's like totally inappropriate, they're like just stick an ice cube in your mouth and like breathe out and the cool air, like breathing in the cool air can kind of reset I love you. That. I, I was love like, that. I'm going to try it. It's more, you know, if you're in a socially unacceptable position to stick your head in a bowl of water. I mean, I might try it at like a meeting or something yeah. and just see what happens, but
1: you, know, you have used the word grounding a couple times. times. And so yes. there are actually specific exercises that are called grounding. So within the field of therapy, well, and all kinds of self-care, mindfulness, uh, mindful grounding is where you allow yourself to bring your attention back to your five senses To the smells in the room, to this clothing on your skin, to the feel of the air against your skin, to the sounds in the room where you close your eyes and you pay attention to the sounds in the room. And so it's actually a process I walk my clients through called grounding, which um, grounds you in the here and now and in your physical body. And it really helps the process of self-soothing when we are in a reactive place and we Mm -hmm. want to be able to speak the truth. Um, With passion, but with
0: love. Right. And that's so true. I think, well, and I see that in Jesus a lot. He was so present. You know what I mean? Like, he was so, like, he was so, he was connected to God and rooted in God, but I think he was so present. There was something about yeah. him that like non-anxious like energy because he was rooted in in something you know obviously that's Jesus we want to be like him and i think we have to figure yeah. out how to navigate all this stuff
1: um i have this really funny thought that seems so random you'll have to tell me and you can cut it out and- <laughs> I'm sure I'll love it. The other day I was, I love sitting and picturing being with Jesus as if I'm the person he was with. And I was picturing when he's healing the guy with who's blind and he uses mud on his eyes and, but then he had to do it again he's the, he, he, the people look like they were trees walking around so jesus does it again yeah and i pictured being the person who jesus is putting the mud on and hearing jesus laugh and just say oh that's so funny let's try it again and the, <laughs> the guy and jesus me and jesus are laughing about how he keeps trying to put mud on my eyes to so that i can see and i just thought Jesus was he touched people he cared about people he cried with them he held them he was very present and i ri- i literally pictured him and i laughing about the mud <laughs> i love and that and i think that that very genuine real place of sitting with jesus is mm-hmm. just huge it
0: is it is like just being and not feeling so yeah. like judgmental and and yeah. I I read this it makes me think of this like the concept too of like tolerating and accepting I, I don't even like yeah. use, use the word tolerating because I think it tolerating it, the stress. Yeah, yeah yeah like it it makes me think about this I, I read it a meme or something the other day it says it bothers me that no one has the patience to deal with someone who is just sad um yeah. and I think but I I also think we do this with ourselves. Like we do.
1: it's not just other people, it's ourselves exactly. to ourselves. Like
0: we don't have the patience to sit with that. And maybe it's pain, maybe it's hurt, maybe it's, you know, mm-hmm. who knows the the ins and outs. Everybody has their own it's uncomfortable. Yes.
1: It's uncomfortable sitting with distressing emotion.
0: Totally. Totally. But I think I I do think wow, the hope the depth the meaning that Uh everyone craves that that lies in this kind of connection with god this kind of acceptance but also relationship Mm -hmm. that we're called to because that is what we're called into is relationship right and
1: with him with him sitting with him Mm -hmm. i love
0: that um thank you so much for kind (laughs) of digging into that too particularly anger i think it's one for me you know, we all grow up in a <laughs> different circles. on your mind. It's on my <laughs> mind.
1: It's in my
0: door, you know, whatever I'm slamming. I don't know. So I've been wanting to think about that and sit with that, but okay. not just squash it. Squashing felt wrong. You know what I mean? Like, And
1: you know what? You've been told to do that. I mean, um, honestly. I have come to out of say, your room when you're happy. From those, yeah. <laughs> from those who are, we spiritually love. I myself have said it to people, take every thought captive. And yeah. it's this like, yeah. deal with it. Switch it out. <laughs> and it's just not how God is. And it's actually not even what that scripture means. So there you go.
0: Well, and I, okay, I was today years old when I learned that, when you said that. Yeah. Because how many times have I thought about scripture or even used yeah. it, if anyone's listening and I said to you, I'm sorry, to like <laughs> wrestle that down and make it I obedient to Christ. Like you are, yeah. f- you know, like this weird, yeah. intense, like self. But what's funny is that actually is implying that like I have i have all that control like
1: it's it's it's
0: actually kind of like but if i really trust god and trust that these uh-huh. these emotions these things are messengers
1: for him he that he, cares about them yes
0: like yeah. maybe that's some of the spirit like and yeah. i don't i don't know i just i love that and maybe we should that.
1: instead of trying to wrestle them down maybe we bring them to him this is the values book. yes yes, we, yes yes we bring them over to him and say what should i do with this
0: yeah Hey, I'm feeling pretty escalated right now. Let's, let's figure this out together. Um,
1: Together. Oh
0: my goodness. Thank you so much. I literally (laughs) feel like lighter. Like I don't even know what this is, but I just feel, I (laughs) I don't know. I feel so grateful for your time and insights. I'm sure people want to hear more that related. Are there, um, I will go ahead and I know you're going to send me some resource recommendations. I can put those in the link. I can link those to the episode notes if people are listening and Want more resources on this but if our listeners want to connect with you personally find your work where where can we point them
1: ah so there's two things to directly contact me so my website is based on my first book which is called the art of intimate marriage.com mm-hmm. so on that website is a bunch of it is a sexuality um, website, but um, it has a bunch of other stuff on it too. Okay. So that's one place to go. People could also just send me an email if they have questions. Jennifer Conson at yahoo.com. Um, that's how they can get a hold of me. And and you can like the stuff we're talking about, you can go and I'll definitely give you all of these people, there are YouTubes on acceptance commitment therapy. Okay. Uh, Harris is the name of the guy who does it. So funny on the um, not putting it in a cage yeah so his youtube on that and then um i have podcasts on my website and honestly i tell people go on a solitude retreat yes i'm i'm running some solitude retreats in alaska this year and i'm telling people you should come number one it's beautiful but also often we have a hard time tapping into how to breathe and ground and do acceptance because we haven't learned how to rest in God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we have to learn how to rest in God. So um, I, yes, I would say, I'm, look, I'm glad you're going to have all those resources up because I personally had to really develop those skills myself.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much. We will put all those out there so people can connect. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate you. So thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Been lovely. Um, And everybody who listened, we really hope this met you right where you were at. Um, We appreciate you, your time. Please know you're very loved and supported. I'd love to close this out with a scripture here. Psalm 16, verse 8. It says, because I set you, Yahweh, always close to me, my confidence will never be weakened, for I experience your wraparound presence every moment. And I hope you feel this today and always. We'll catch you next time on the podcast. We are.